your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to Tuesday. Is it only Tuesday? Man, 608-785-7914. Like that guy just said, we're going to have Matt Rothschild on today. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. It is a Madison-based organization that tracks campaign spending in Wisconsin, of course. Hence the name, Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. But we we could talk about campaign spending, but we could talk about all kinds of things. I think just like Wisconsin politics in general, I think, I mean, specifically things, but in general, if anyone has any questions, send me a text, 608 785-7914, your questions. I mean, because he's going to know the answer. And have, and give it to you straight. I'm going to give it to you crooked, right? <laughs> 608-785-7914. Um, you know, one of the questions is, I think maybe something something along the lines of the election audits. I think we've done we've done or are doing three of them. I have kind of a funny question. I want to ask him about those audits and, and just in, in the fight in the Republican party between, was it Robin Voss, the assembly speaker? And then is it Jennifer branch in the um, election committee chair in the assembly? So she wants one audit. Voss is doing his own audit. So I've got a question there. Uh, we could talk about Derek Van Orden, Republican uh, candidate for what still is Ron Kine's seat, right? But Ron Kine said he's not seeking another term. What a 14th term is that? Would that be a uh, 15th, 14th? I think. Uh, so, so in terms of just the amount of money that went through that Ron Kine, Derek Van Orden battle last time, and and now we're you know like we're just we're going to be spending money again in all these elections. Even the Brad Paff, Dan Kopanke election, I think, was the most expensive Senate uh, election ever, which is, it's just, yeah, you know, if we want to talk about campaign spending and just reeling that in, we, where where, and how do we do that, I think Matt would have some ideas. Uh, election, I guess, uh, election integrity bills that Governor Evers, you know, if you want to call them election integrity bills, if you're on one side, you can call them voter suppression bills. If you're on the other side, but election bills, how about that? Uh, we could talk about that too a little bit. Just the, uh, I think v- Evers voted a bunch of those, and you know, w- was that the right thing to do? Do do our Wisconsin elections good the way we're doing them? Do we need to adjust them? So those are just a couple of things. I, and then I had something on the wolf hunt. Not so much the approved number of wolves being able to be hunted because it's like more than double what we approved earlier this year. We've already had a wolf hunt this year, so I don't know why we're doing another one um, when an out-of-state hunting organization forced the state to have a wolf hunt. So, oh, you guys from out-of-state can come shoot our wolves. And and then uh, just part of the approval process is the DNR chair, Fred Prane, uh, being part of this process, and he was supposed to step down in May. And just kind of getting into how Governor Evers wants to appoint people to certain heads of departments and the state legislature, controlled by Republicans, don't even confirm them. And it's been three years, right? Like, 
So we're just not going to, like, is the state better off run in, in a way where you don't get your team? Doesn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, so those are just a couple of things. Um, in terms of just news today, uh, if you saw the story, the uh, wisdomnews.com, sounds like Fort McCoy will be getting quite a few Afghan refugees. So uh, Joe Heim was on with Hayes this morning talking about that a little bit. I don't know if he talked about the refugees. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he talked about the whole situation, but uh, I don't know if we're getting 22,000 refugees at Fort McCoy alone, but it sounds like maybe about 22,000 refugees are coming, and it could go to three different bases, one in Virginia, one in Texas, and one here in Toma, right? Um, so what? how's that going to look down the road? I um, that's what, uh, that's on wisdomnews.com. So, uh, and then I think Gunderson put out a, a release today that, that said they're, uh, they're trying to get their entire staff vaccinated. Uh, they're at about 85% of the staff has voluntarily received the vaccine. Um, and they're just hoping to get to that 100% number soon. I don't know if they're going to mandate it, but could be. We've seen other places do that. So, uh, just a couple of things. All right, I want to, I want to get out of here quickly, so that I can bring Matt on, so we can utilize our time with him. Because you want to hear from this dude, not me. So we'll be back in just a minute. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Matt Rothschild, he's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. He's on the phone with me now. Matt, are you in Madison literally right now? Uh, Ten miles south in the town of Dunn. I used to live uh, right next to West High, uh, but when our kids graduated from high school, there was no reason to be right there, so we moved uh, into the country. Okay. I'm a bird watcher, and I wanted to be closer to nature. So There you go. Um, and I will just say, before we get going here, I, I mentioned that Gunderson is at 85% vaccinated here in La Crosse. Uh, they are mandating by November 1st that their entire staff get vaccinated. So all employees must be vaccinated by November 1st. That's uh, It was the third paragraph in their release today. So I didn't want to say that without without actually seeing it. And I only got to the first two paragraphs while I was reading. Um, so anyway... Matt, what, when when we talk about the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, can you just can you kind of and I I mentioned that you're out of Madison and you track campaign spending in the state. Do you guys do anything else there? Sure, uh, we track and expose money in politics, like you said. We've been around since 1995, and we also advocate for a broad range of pro democracy reforms, like banning gerrymandering, campaign finance reform, uh, voting rights, things of that nature. Would you say that most people are on? on the same side when it comes to campaign finance reform, uh, you know, making, uh, not gerrymandering, I, I don't know how to put it, but like uh, the idea that we draw maps in a less partisan way. I mean, I mean, the, the percentage is pretty high that most people agree, hey, let's get politics out of drawing, let's get the partisanship out of drawing these maps and, and let's reel in the spending a little bit. Yeah, I think on both of those big issues, uh, the vast majority of Wisconsinites are with us. You know, 56 counties out of the 72 counties have passed referendums or resolutions saying they want the legislature to ban gerrymandering and just give us a level playing field. And, and La Crosse has both passed a, a county uh, board resolution and passed a, a referendum by overwhelming margins saying that. 
in the in the lacrosse area. So that gives you an idea that this is an issue that crosses uh, ideological grounds. There was a poll from the Marquette University Law School polling group that said uh, 76% of Wisconsinites want to ban gerrymandering, and that included 63% of Republicans and 76% of independents. I mean, I still think that most Wisconsinites just want, you know, the people in power not to monkey with things and tilt the whole playing field to their advantage and just let's have, you know, fair and square rules and let's go at it from there, but not not with all this manipulation by the people in power. Matt, if we would have went back to 2000, 2001, 2002, that whenever we, we were doing this redistricting, drawing maps process, if we did that same poll, would it just have been... 63% of Democrats want to get the partisanship out of drawing the maps, and then Republicans would have been all for it because at that point, before that point, I should say, uh, Democrats controlled everything, and, and you know, the, just, the sides just flip, right? So the, the, the ideologies flip. Well, you got a point there, Rick. I mean, gerrymandering is wrong whether Democrats are rigging the maps for themselves or whether Republicans are rigging the maps for themselves. And you're also right that in 2009, the Democrats had the state assembly and the state Senate, and there was a Democrat, Jim Doyle, in the governor's chair. And so they could have fixed this problem if they wanted to. They did introduce a bill. Some of the legislators did, and there was a hearing on it. Some of the Dems held this hearing, but the leadership didn't want to bring it to a, a vote. And why is that? Because, you know, political power is the most intoxicating drug there is on the market. And these guys thought they were going to win in 2010 and then would be able to rig the maps for themselves. Well, lo and behold, what happened? Walker won, and Republicans flipped the state Senate, and Republicans flipped the state assembly, and so Republicans rigged the maps uh, in favor of Republicans. So it's wrong whichever side is doing it. We just want to stop that kind of monkey business with the maps, moving a line here or there on the map, not changing a single vote, and increasing your power by moving those lines. That's a crazy way to do business. Uh, this is something we're trying to do nationally, right? Just, pa- uh, but but it, but it's not getting through the Senate. Just the idea of ending gerrymandering. I, I thought I saw a story that we might even do this as a standalone bill, just to put people on the record where they're going to vote on on gerry- uh, ending gerrymandering nationwide. Well, nationwide, there's HR one that would ban gerrymandering, and here in Wisconsin, uh, Senator Jeff Smith and Representative Deb Andraka have introduced a bill in the legislature right now that would ban gerrymandering. And, you know, we should at least have a public hearing on this. If the vast majority of Wisconsinites want this to happen, why can't we at least have a public hearing and a vote by our legislators up and down as to whether this is going to happen or not? But in previous legislation, uh, you know, there was never a public hearing on it. And so I'm just hoping at the very least, at the bare minimum, let's have a public hearing, let people testify, let's hear the pluses and minuses, and then bring the sucker to a vote. Wouldn't this be the kind of the the best time to come to some kind of uh, agreement? Because we have a Republican controlled legislature, we have a Democratic governor. We'd have to. You, you would think that hey, uh, these two sides should probably they're going to have to work together to get things done. But essentially, it seems like all the state government is just hey, we're going to work together to not get anything done. It seems like that's kind of how it's been. You know, it's been like that for a couple of years now. But in my head you'd think that they, they would have to negotiate a way to, to figure it out. You would hope so, but that's not happening, Rick. Instead, it's, you know, a full employment policy for lawyers because it's all going to the courts all the time. I mean, how much money, how much of our taxpayer dollars is going to just pay for lawyers in these lawsuits between the Democrats and Republicans? 
10 years ago, it cost us upwards of $3 million. And this time around, it's probably going to cost the same. We could use that money in a lot better ways to fix our roads, improve health care, more spending on schools or whatever local communities in La Crosse feel they need, rather than spending it on you know partisan lawyers on both sides. My conspiracy theory, Matt, is that the the, the whole government is is in cahoots with the lawyers just so that they can, hey, what, what kind of things can we send to the courts this time? And then they just get like some kickback from the lawyers somehow. They got to they got to fight everything in court because they're in they're just in bed with the lawyers. <laughs> well, it does seem to be a very cozy situation. Doesn't it? And the people aren't getting what we want. That's the sadness, because we're not getting money spent the way we want. We're not getting nonpartisan redistricting and into gerrymandering, which is what we want. When the people of Wisconsin, when we the people aren't getting what we want, you know, our democracy isn't working properly. And it's not working properly because of gerrymandering. It's also not working properly because of money in politics, like you mentioned earlier, Rick, because, you know, some elected officials, you know, view their donors as their constituents rather than the people who actually live in their district. All right. Yeah. Before we get into that, and we're speaking with Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. And I, I just the, the generic thing that I wrote down is you're a Madison based organization that tracks campaign spending in the state. But you do a bunch of other stuff. But, Matt, I did get a text here from Kevin as we talk about gerrymandering. He says when it comes to gerrymandering, doesn't the Wisconsin Constitution already address it and that gerrymandering is not allowed? No, not at all. The uh, Wisconsin Constitution says the legislature has to vote on reapportionment every 10 years when the census figure comes in. So uh, the uh, absolute 180 degrees different from what Kevin thinks, because there's nothing in the Constitution that bans gerrymandering. Interestingly enough, there was a bill proposed last session to amend the Wisconsin Constitution to ban gerrymandering, but that bill didn't go anywhere either. Why not? <laughs> Doesn't seem- well, it was introduced by Diane Hesselbein, who's a representative in the Madison area, a Democrat, and Republicans control the Assembly and the State Senate, so they had no interest in, in passing it because, you know, they're hoping to, to be able to rig the maps like they did last time and hoping that eventually when it gets to court that some judge will rubber stamp it. I don't think that's going to happen this time, and I'm hopeful that we may actually get better maps this time around than, than 10 years ago. But uh, the the legislature uh, the legislation introduced by Democrats isn't going in anywhere fast when uh, you know Robin Voss and Devin Lemahieu, the Republican leaders, control what's going on in the Capitol. If so, is it a matter of okay? Somebody proposes legislation, a couple of people sign on to it. We want to bring it to a vote somewhere, or at least debate it in session. Um, what would it take to get something like that, at least so that everyone would have to vote yes or no on it? Would every Democrat in, in both houses have to have to sign on to it, or would, could they just ignore it anyway? Well, they could ignore it anyway, but uh, an interesting thing about this legislation to ban gerrymandering, it already has three Republican co-sponsors. Uh, Todd Novak from Dodgeville, who I'm meeting tomorrow in his office in the Capitol, is one of the co-sponsors. Travis Trinnell is another one uh, down in southwestern Wisconsin, and uh, Joel Kitchens up in Door County. Three Republican legislators in the Assembly are co-sponsorship, are co-sponsors of this legislation. So you can see, again, there's bipartisan support for this, just not enough, unfortunately. All right. I don't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And again, I like to always bring up, Matt, that we, we did go eight months through the worst of the pandemic with our legislature literally not meeting in session 
to talk about anything, let alone vote on anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very uh, how to put it mildly frustrating and annoying that the legislature doesn't get things done when there's so much that needs to be done for all of us, no matter what party or ideology you have. We we know there are things that need to get done, and they're just not getting done. All right. I want to talk about the audits in a little bit. I only got like two minutes before I got to hit break here. But um, Derek Van Orden running for the uh, 3rd Congressional District here in Congress. Uh, Ron Kine said he's not running. Uh, this, this, along with a lot of other campaigns, like and if you want to talk about the Senate District here, Brad Paff versus Dan Kopenke, a lot of money was spent there. Um, the idea that some, like somebody, the Democrats are going to have to run somebody, not that's just popular, but that's going to have to keep up with the amount of money that Derek Van Orden's probably going to bring in in this race. Um, but I, again, I think most of the state agrees that there's too much money in these races. Uh, the little guy essentially couldn't just run and hope to run on a good, you know, hey, I have a good campaign. Here it is. He's he's not going to be able to do that unless he raises a bunch of money. Is there anything out there that that would real campaign spending in at all? Well, uh, at the federal level, we got to amend the U.S. Constitution and overturn that Citizens United decision from 2010 that said the super rich and and companies can spend unlimited amounts of money to try to elect this candidate or trash that one. Statewide for statewide races. Uh, you know, it's the wild, wild west here in Wisconsin. In 2015, the Republican legislature and Scott Walker totally rewrote our campaign finance law. So now there's no limit as to how much an individual can give to one of the political parties. And uh, so billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires are giving the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, you know, checks for a million or two million, and the Republican Party of Wisconsin, the same thing. But, you know, our politics shouldn't be a tug-of-war between a handful of billionaires on the left and a handful of billionaires on the right. Uh, you know, in a real democracy, we'd all have an equal tug on the rope, but we just don't. I think everyone listening to the show understands that, you know, the average person does not have an equal say as to who gets elected and what laws are passed and what policies are pursued. Yeah, you said it before, the the legislature almost just gives in to the biggest donors. Um, but on the flip side, too, the people that, people that want to run for office, they have to get this money so it's all it's unfair in two ways it's unfair because our elected officials just bow down to the donors and the people that want to up upseat those elected officials can't make enough money essentially to to compete it's just it's it's unfair in a, a multiple multitude of ways right if you want to win you have to either be independently wealthy or be willing to you know prostitute yourself to to big donors and become a glorified telemarketer and spend eight hours a day begging people for dough and, and we're not going to see that change, right? Because because they they like money, right? Essentially, money equals yeah, power. Yeah, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. But there, again, were good bills introduced about a month ago in the Wisconsin legislature uh, by Senator Larson down in Milwaukee and Senator Smith and Representative Subeck and a few other legislators to undo some of the grotesque changes that happened in 2015, including allowing corporations for the first time in 100 years to donate to political parties. That's okay now, too. All right, that's Matt, Rothschild. Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. I, I got a couple of texts to ask you, Matt, but I got to take a break. Scott's comment, Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I got Matt Rothschild on with me this hour. He's talking 
Uh, politics in Wisconsin. Uh, off the air, we're talking noon basketball and, and <laughs> just shooting hoops. Um, Matt is the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, an organization based out of Madison that tracks campaign spending. But Matt, Matt can wing it with the best of us on, on things going on politically here in, in the state. Matt, I did get a text from Candace that said, and we were talking about, I brought it up, and you, you, you probably agree with me here a little bit. I was talking about like the idea that a Democratic governor should be able to work with a Republican legislature to get things done because they'd have to negotiate to get things done, but instead nothing gets done, uh, which is what Candace said. She's at, she says asking the Democratic governor and the Republican legislature to work together is poppycock. So I, I haven't heard poppycock in a while. Yeah, it sounds like Governor Evers, one of Evers' words. <laughs> that's, um, that's the kind of vocabulary he's got, but... Yeah, I think there's a real uh, desire by not just Candace, but I think most people in this state for our elected officials, you know, to get down to business, do the business that needs doing, meet the needs of the people of Wisconsin, and stop the political gamesmanship constantly. But it seems that's all we're getting. You know, take medical marijuana. 83% of Wisconsinites want medical marijuana, at least, and about 59% want recreational marijuana. We're not going to get there. We're going to be the last ones to the pot party. And uh, it's just it's just another example of things not getting done when the people want them to get done. And that that's not how democracy is supposed to work. Is it funny we made some headway on sports gambling before we made any headway on, on marijuana? Yeah, crazy that people can bet on sports. I've got a son who's in that legal sports betting industry now, so I shouldn't poo-poo it, but... I mean, our priorities are kind of messed up when we're not getting people the medical marijuana that they want. You know, if you're on cancer and you're nauseous, I remember my mom before she died was just could not get the pain uh, subsided. So being a good Madisonian, I found someone to give me three joints, and I took it to my mom. She never smoked them. Uh, after she died, I looked in her front drawer, and, you know, there were the three joints. But, you know, I just think people shouldn't have to suffer. If the medical marijuana will make them feel better or help their kids with uh, some of the illnesses that their kids have, you know, let's try to get that done at a minimum. Yeah, the idea of medical marijuana or just medical care in general. I I talk about that quite a bit, just the idea that we we pay insurance companies to be the mediator between us and getting medical care. And it doesn't work all that great. And, you know, paying CEOs at insurance companies uh, so they could tell us who and when we can go see the doctors is just ridiculous. Um, all right, Matt. So we were talking about, I mentioned Derek Van Orden and campaign finance was kind of your expertise, but a lot of people want to, want to know because Ron Kind is stepping down. Ron Kind had quite a bit of money. I don't know. I don't know if we can, you know, we can blow hard about why Ron Kind stepped down if he's going to run for Senate or, or something else, but he did, he was raising money and we had a political science professor on there point that out. So it's a little bit surprising that he stepped down. I think he has maybe a million bucks or so, uh, to spend what happens to Ron Kind's uh, cash on hand essentially uh, now that he's not running, you know, and if he doesn't seek elected office coming up, does he, does he just get to spend it on a new boat? No, he can't get himself a new motorboat or a Porsche or a swimming pool in his backyard. Uh, he's got to either give it to nonprofits or he's got to, he can give it to uh, the democratic party. If he wants, he can give it to other people uh, who are campaigning other candidates, I imagine he'll do a little bit of both. But, uh, yeah, he can't uh, feather his own nest with it. He can give it to the Republican Party, too, right? 
<laughs> yeah, not likely to happen though. <laughs> not likely. Um, yeah. So, and then does that does that come back into play when you say, "Oh, Ronkin can take this million dollars and give it to the Wisconsin Democratic Party because they can take in as much money as they want?" Yeah, I mean, and this is the really uh, pernicious thing. For instance, if you wanted to give. Uh, Governor Evers, $20,000, which is the max you can give Governor Evers directly to his campaign. You know, he could do that, but then he could give his million dollars to the Democratic Party of Wisconsin that then could give that million dollars to Governor Evers' campaign. It's a shell game with the rewrite of our campaign finance law that happened in 2015. So that's that totally makes it uh, ludicrous imposing any limit on what you can give to a candidate if you can just go around and give the parties you know, 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, 100 times what the limit is that you can give the candidate himself or herself. So we got to put a limit on how you can transfer that money, how much money people can give to political parties. It shouldn't be more than what they can give to the candidates. Otherwise, they're going to do this shell game endlessly. Yeah, and then, uh, so in 2015, Republicans flipped that so that you could open the doors for all that money. What What, what was the deal before that? Before that, there was an aggregate limit in Wisconsin that you couldn't spend more than $10,000 on any donation to a candidate or a political party or a committee. So that if you wanted to give Evers, say, the max, you could give him $10,000, and then super rich people in Wisconsin had an expression, I've maxed out. And they liked that expression because other candidates or political uh, fundraisers would call them up and say, you know, Richie Rich, we want more of your money. And they can say, oh, I'd love to give you money, but guess what? I've maxed out. Well, that expression is extinct now. There's no way for a rich person to max out in Wisconsin anymore because they could just give it to the political parties endlessly. There's no ceiling on that. Yeah, we talk like $10,000 isn't a lot of money for most people. It should be like a couple thousand, maybe a thousand dollars or a couple hundred dollars because, Matt, I max out at like $25. Here, Governor Evers, here's $25. I'm maxed out. Well, Rick, I, you know, I'm totally with you, and I think they should lower uh, the amount that individuals can give. It used to be 10000 I thought that was too much. They doubled it to 20000 in 2015. I think it should be down to about 100 but uh, they're, not, they're not going in our direction, though the Democrats proposed legislation to bring it back to 10000 But, yeah, who's listening to the show who's got a straight $10,000 in their wallet? Yeah, here you go. I got $10,000. I'm going to give it to politicians. It's just a joke. Um, um, All right. Ace texted in, Matt, and he was wondering where you're getting your stats on the Wisconsinites wanting or not wanting marijuana. Uh, There was a Marquette Law School poll on that. Okay. Um, It was uh, about a year ago. Okay. Um, Greg texted in. Okay, so this is a little bit longer. Uh, He's so Greg is so tired about hearing people complain about things not being fair. Greg continues, is it fair that people are being paid extra to stay at home and sit on their butts when there are more jobs available than there are people unemployed? So Greg's kind of t- he's, he wants to steal the show. But do you have an opinion on uh, unemployment benefits? That's something that the legislature is fighting about as well. Yeah, I think uh, it was fair that people were able to get a little bit more money during this covid crisis, which was so destructive of our economy. It's not like they're off buying Porsches either. Uh, and, you know, I think we need to have some a uh, little more compassion for people who are right there at the poverty line. And the fact that they got a little bit of a boost from the COVID relief package and from Evers, uh, I don't really have a big quarrel with that. 
Sure. Um, all right. So what else is on my list here? I, I, I want to talk about the, so the, the DNRs, I think they approved a wolf hunt of like 300 wolves. We've already had a wolf hunt this year, so I don't know why we have to do another one. Uh, a lot of animal rights groups and native groups don't really want the, the wolf hunt happening at all, let alone this many. Um, but in, in, in the weeds, I guess, on, on doing the wolf hunt, the DNR chair, Fred Prane, uh, is is part of this part of this voting process? I don't know how big of a part. Maybe he's the maybe he has the final say. I don't know. But Fred Prane is is somebody that was elected by Scott Walker. He was supposed to step down. I think back in May his term ended, and he just decided not to. And it's just kind of a weird thing where the where Governor Evers has announced his replacement. Governor Evers been the governor for kind of a while, but if this dude st- was supposed to step down in May, he's like ah, there's no replacement now because the state legislature has to confirm Evers' replacement, well, the state legislature's Republicans and they're just not going to do anything for a Democratic governor. Uh, is there a way to solve stupid stuff like this where our governor doesn't get his team into confirmed for three years? Well, the Republicans have tried to tie Tony's, Tony Evers' uh, hands behind his back uh, into knots and then put a gag in his mouth to make it as hard as possible for him to govern. But I am sick of... Uh, people in power not playing by the rules and the traditions and, and, and you know, by fair game. You know, here's a guy, Fred Prane. Uh, he's a Wausau dentist and cranberry farmer. He gave Walker $19,640 uh, when Walker was run for office. Uh, in return, he got this plum assignment to the Natural Resources Board. His, his term is up. Uh, Evers appointed his replacement. He should do the right thing and, and get off the board. Another Walker appointee whose uh, term expired did have the decency to get off, which is the tradition here in Wisconsin. But Fred Prane's got it in his head that, well, as long as the Senate's not going to confirm my replacement, I'm going to keep chairing the Natural Resources Board. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, you're an athlete. I'm an athlete, or at least we're former athletes. When people, you know, move the... Yeah, it's just it doesn't make sense. Like a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense, and it's just the the infighting that we see with politics that I think a lot of people are getting sick of, honestly. Um, but uh, oh, I got a text here. I think uh, Ace kept he's he's texting me. He was asking about the stats for marijuana, so he he texted in again. He said a market poll of about eight hundred fifty people determined that eighty three percent of Wisconsin's population is in favor of marijuana. Sorry, Matt, you're a doofus. I don't. I don't know what. I, that's what I said. Eighty-three percent were in favor of it. Yeah, I don't. Did, I think maybe he just wanted to call you a doofus, even though it, it appears that Ace and Matt agree here. <laughs> that was the, that was the number I threw out. I don't know what he was listening to, but anyway, I'm glad to get the confirmation that the eighty-three percent figure I cited was correct, and that's the figure of Wisconsinites who want medical marijuana. Um, and maybe he's mad that there's not enough. Uh, only eight hundred fifty people were polled. Maybe that's not a big enough poll for this person. I'm not sure. Well, 850 is bigger than a lot. I see polls that are done, you know, with 400 people. And Marquette Law School is a pretty good poll. In fact, some Democrats think it's tilted to Republicans. I'm not one of them. I think it's a decent poll. And Charles Franklin, who runs it, does a pretty good job. Um, all right, Matt Rothschild, he's the Democrat. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. All right, so Wisconsin is doing what we're calling, what we, you know, election investigations, essentially. The, there's three of them, I think, on top of a lot of other uh election 
whatever we we've we've already kind of gone through this and now we're doing three more election investigations one by robin voss one by janelle branchin and one by what the nonpartisan election committee some is that the third one yeah the third one's the legislative audit bureau which is okay. the most reputable of the three that you mentioned uh and uh, you know this thing has been investigated already six ways to sunday i mean the wisconsin elections commission uh, investigated it uh, and that's governed by three republicans and three democrats Every single ballot in Milwaukee and Dane County was recounted with not just Biden people, but Trump people looking over every single ballot. Uh, this thing went to the Wisconsin Supreme Court three times, and, and that's a court that has four conservatives on it and three liberals. Uh, and Trump lost three times there, went once to the U.S. Supreme Court, and Trump lost there. You know, nationally, uh, on these recount things, Trump went 0 for 60 in court. That's a, not a good batting average. And to keep, uh, you know, re-going over what happened on November 3rd, wasting our taxpayer dollars uh, trying to what, justify all the crazy stuff that was coming out of Trump's mouth uh, after the election and even before the election, that he wanted to have a peaceful transition of power, the first president of the United States never to honor a peaceful transition of power. That's what we're fighting over right now. I mean, to me, it's just baffling. Yeah, man, I wasn't listening to any of that. I was, uh, I was trying to read the origins of Six Ways from Sunday, and it appears to come <laughs> from a, before the 1800s. So you're using a phrase that came from before the 1800s. I'll just let you know. Wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> but no, but um, so Robin Voss has got this uh, retired judge. Is that what we call him? A retired judge, Gableman, working on his audit. Jen- Janelle Branchin, the assembly elections chair she wants to do her own audit i think mimicking what's going on in arizona which to me seems like a little bit of a bleep show but um does robin and robin voss hasn't signed off on branchin's audit or her you know whatever some of the things that she wants to do with the audit is that because robin voss doesn't want branchin to steal his thunder or her yeah his thunder yeah i think you're onto something there rick you know branchin is like Robin Voss's Frankenstein monster. I mean, he put it there. He put her there as chair of the Assembly Committee on Elections. Actually, he got rid of the person, Ron Tussler, who was a more moderate Republican, and he put Branchin in there, uh, I think, as a way to appease his right uh, flank, which has been calling for his removal, as they did in Madison in a rally about 10 days ago. But now Branchin isn't doing what Voss wants her to do. In fact, you know, she went to Arizona, and he thought that was a silly idea. Uh, but when he said that, he got slapped down by Republicans in his own caucus. And now she wants to, you know, issue these uh, so-called subpoenas. They're shams. I call them shampinas. Uh, you know, she did a cut-and-paste job from the ones in Arizona or the ones in Pennsylvania, even with typos that she just copied and pasted. One typo was the word ballot was misspelled as ballet, and she put those uh, in the uh, the champina that she was submitting to people. So anyway, I think it's a circus. Uh, I think she's a, a circus barker. Uh, and uh, again, I just think it's our legislators not doing uh, what the people really want them to do, uh, which is to solve some of the problems we have here uh, in Wisconsin in our day-to-day lives, whether it's with health care or or the environment or schools or roads or, or what have you. 
Yeah. Do you think? Do you think she just doesn't have Microsoft Word and minimized the little the the little paperclip and didn't do spell check? Or like, what's the deal? Spell check. Yeah, catch spell that. check didn't work on her computer. That's the astonishing thing. She must have that memorized. Uh, it, it just proved that you know, it's just she's part of a national disinformation campaign, and they're just taking whatever documents they have and they're just recirculating it to whichever uh, Republican legislators in state after state want to want to go down this uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, ballet, ballet. I don't know. She could have skimmed over that. I'm sure she was reading all that with a fine-tooth comb and just skimmed over that part. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, Matt. Yeah, just like Ron Johnson and reading, not reading the infrastructure bill that he voted against. <laughs> it's, it's really he announced big. today that he didn't even bother to read it. Well, it's, it's don't, we, don't we elect these folks to read the bills or read the champinas they're delivering to people? Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of reading, Matt. It's just they, they have better things to do. Um, all right, that's Matt Rothschild, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Hey, Matt, thanks a lot for joining us this hour. It, it's my pleasure. Let's do it again soon. All right, see ya. All right, I got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, just wrap it up here, Lacrosse Talk PM. A is still arguing with me about Matt's uh, using the Marquette University Law School poll on uh, marijuana in the state. Again, he's citing the numbers the same as Matt Rothschild. Rothschild. Uh, But he says, I do not agree with Matt's 83% of the entire state population is in favor of marijuana. Well, that's what the poll says. It doesn't say the entire state. It's the Marquette University Law School poll. But I think maybe Ace just doesn't agree that we should legalize marijuana in any way, shape, or form. Therefore, doesn't like the results. 83% is a high number, too. Uh, you know, so if you could skew it one way or the other, it's still going to be over 75%. Um, all right. One other thing I just wanted to mention, there's a Lacrosse County board meeting coming up Thursday. Also on Thursday, I'm going to have Chris Main from Viterbo talk about the virus. So if you have virus questions, I had a couple of people call already and, and bring up uh, some virus questions because I bring, brought up Gunderson earlier, uh, mandating the vaccine by November uh, for their employees. But uh Lacrosse County board meeting, they did post kind of a bullet point um, of what they're going to cover, and which is nice. I think this is a, something new. Uh, the American Recovery Plan, discussion on refining priorities, action on proposal to allocate $500,000 for additional dredging of Lake Nishanik, action on resolution authorizing resources to better serve Lacrosse County's older adults and persons with disabilities, and a proposal to hire a communicable disease supervisor position for 2021. So those are just a couple of things that the, maybe all the things, I guess, I, I feel like there's a couple other ones, uh, that the Lacrosse County Board is going to uh, cover at its 5 p.m. meeting on Thursday. So guess what? You'll be listening to Chris Main and I. And if you have questions about the virus, Chris Main will be happy to answer them. So get ready for that on Thursday. Uh, he does a really good job, and he'll be in studio. All right, that's going to do it for me. Who am I having tomorrow? I don't know yet. I'm working on it. Thanks for listening.